0: Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S. N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly with additional archives from S. N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S. N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.p-a-r-i-y-a-t-t-i.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. N. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends,
1: seekers of peace and harmony, everyone seeks peace, harmony. Everyone wants to live a life of peace, harmony, happiness. But the tragedy is that one does not know that one is creating misery for oneself without knowing what is happening inside at the depth of the mind. One has to realize the truth then only one can come out of this mad habit of generating misery for oneself. One has to work with the truth. All the traditions, the scriptures of every religion advises us, be with the truth. The Hindu scripture says, Satyame Vajayate. It is the truth which will make you victorious. There is a battle going on inside with the evil forces. You will become victorious if you are with the truth. The enlightened one, the Buddha, says, realize the truth of suffering. Realize the truth of the real cause of suffering. And the process of realizing this truth will liberate you from all the miseries. You will reach the stage which is free from all the miseries. Jesus Christ says know the truth and you will get liberated. The Holy Quran says you realize the truth about yourself and you will witness the God Almighty. The Sikh religion says the same thing. Guru Nanak says, Kim Sachi Always remain with the truth. Adi Sach, Jugadi Sach, Hebi Sach, si Bi Sach. You start working with the truth. Start with truth and remain with the truth, truth, truth and you will reach the ultimate truth. All the saints who have really realized say the same thing. A Muslim saint says, a Muslim saint of Punjab, saint is a saint. Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or Christian makes no difference. Anyone who has realized the ultimate truth become a purified person, full of love and compassion, is a saint. So this Muslim saint says, Hasham pachata, apna pachata." One realises the truth about oneself, one realises the truth about the God Almighty. Another great saint of India, who is a great saint of the bhakti cult, devotional cult, a great saint of devotional tradition, and says, without exploring the truth within the framework of the body, you can't attain the real essence, the essence of liberation. Everyone says the same thing. All the sages and saints and seers of the world have said, "Know thyself, know thyself." But how to know oneself? I may say I know myself very well. I am Goinka, S N Goinka. What more? Our scripture says. You are so-and-so, you are immortal soul. Yes, I agree, because my scripture says so, I am immortal soul. My scripture says you are God Almighty. Yes, I agree. Out of devotion, I agree. I am God Almighty. But one does not become God Almighty simply accepting the truth at the devotional level Emotional level or even at the intellectual level, one has to experience the truths, experience the truths, and then one realizes how change has started coming in the mind, in the life. For that, this enlightened person gave a technique, a process, the process of truth-realization, the process of self-realization, realization realization of the truth pertaining oneself, within oneself, by oneself, at the experiential level. Every step must be a step where you experience the truth, however gross it may be, doesn't matter, you start with the truth pertaining to yourself, that means pertaining to this physical structure, pertaining to this mental structure, pertaining to the combination of the two. The physical structure, which one keeps on saying, I, I, mine, mine. So much identification with this physical structure, and so much attachment towards this physical structure. Similarly, mental structure, one keeps on saying, I, mine, I, mine. So much of identification. So much of attachment. And the resultant misery, which does not, one does not realize, unless one starts experiencing the truth, nothing but truth, The whole process is called vipassana. How to observe the truth objectively as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is at the experiential level. Whenever you make a decision to learn this technique, very scientific technique, Rational, pragmatic, no blind faith is involved. You experience and you accept only when you experience the reality and you find it is helpful to you and helpful to others and result-oriented. Every step that you take on the path of self-realization, truth-realization starts giving good results for you. So whenever you decide, and you come to your course, ten days, a minimum period, to go to that depth of the mind, where misery originates, where it multiplies, and where it overpowers you, and you remain ignorant what is happening deep inside. To realize this reality, You have to sharpen your mind, make it very sharp, razor sharp, very sensitive. This is a deep surgical operation of the mind. You have to start from the surface of the mind and go deeper, 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 the deepest, the root level of the mind, where all sorts of defilements keep on arising. All sorts of defilements keep on multiplying and every defilement that arises makes you miserable. When it multiplies, it overpowers you. You are helpless. You perform such actions, vocal and physical, which are unwholesome, because you are overpowered by the defilements, by the impurity of the mind. And later on, you keep on repenting. Oh, I should not have said like this. I should not have done like this. Next time, the same situation. The same reaction. How to come out of that? Observe the reality. Examine the truth like a scientist. The truth pertaining to mind and matter. So, when you come to your course, You'll be asked to sit down comfortably, comfortably in any posture that suits you, that keeps you comfortable for long periods at a stretch. Keep your back and neck straight. Keep your eyes gently closed. Eyes have got no function. In experiencing the truth within yourself, keep your mouth closed. Now you're doing nothing. Nothing at the vocal level, nothing at the physical level. Then what reality? What reality is manifesting at this moment? And you will find the reality of the breath, the respiration, the breath coming in, the breath going out. Just start with that. No imagination is involved. You are experiencing the breath coming in, the breath going out. Don't make it a breathing exercise. Don't try to regulate the breath. That is a different technique altogether. We call it pranayama. It has its own benefit. But this is totally different from that. Here the exercise is not to regulate the breath. The exercise is to develop the faculty of awareness. Awareness of the reality as it is. As it manifests itself from moment to moment. So the breath as it is, the natural breath, the normal breath. If it is deep, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. If it passes through left nostril, you are away, left nostril. Passes to right nostril, you are away, right nostril. Just remain aware of the reality as it manifests itself from moment to moment. You do nothing, like you are sitting at the bank of the river. The river is flowing, you do nothing, For the flow of the river it is natural. You are just sitting at the bank of the river, observing the flow of the river. You keep your attention at this area, entrance of the nostrils, you are aware of the flow of the breath, coming in, going out, coming in, going out, natural, natural breath. So easy, yet when you will come to a course, you will find very difficult very difficult you hardly observe one or two breaths, and the mind is gone somewhere and after a long time you realize oh, what i am doing i was here to observe my breath and the mind has wandered away all right you start again after a few breaths again the mind is wandered away again the mind wanders away a new student sometimes gets very irritated very frustrated jandits Anger towards one's own mind, what sort of mind I am carrying? You have to do nothing, just, just observe. And yet you can't observe it. And the guide will say, no, don't generate negativity. Negativity is negativity, whether you generate towards yourself or towards anybody else, you become miserable. And you have come here to come out of your old habit of generating negativity. Just accept, you are observing the bridge mind wandered away. When you realize mind has wandered away, just accept, oh, my mind has wandered away. All right. The breath is still there. Let me try again. And you start working. Again the mind wanders away. You accept the effect, oh, mind has wandered away. Like this, patiently, patiently and persistently you keep on working. Second day, better than the first day. Third day, you find mind is calming down much better than what it was on the first day. And because you worked on a small area below the nostrils, above the upper lip, this area you kept your mind fixed here as much as you could, fixed on this area. And you are working with the Truths, that is why the whole path you have to remain with the truths. no imagination, no verbalization, no visualization, no imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, nothing, pure breath, bare breath, nothing but breath, the mind becomes very sharp, very sensitive. By the end of three days, it becomes so sensitive, it will start experiencing some physical sensations or the other on this area. There is a constant biochemical reaction going on in the entire, entire body. Electromagnetic reaction is going on in the entire body, and as a result of which some sensation or the other is there throughout the body on every part of the body, every particle of the body, every atom of the body. But our mind is so gross, so agitated, can't experience. So that is why these three days are required. You have been working patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently. Mind has become sharp and sensitive. You start feeling sensations, different kinds of sensations. Maybe heat, maybe perspiration, maybe throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, heaviness, numbness, something or the other is there. Now you have to observe it again, observe it objectively. Don't react. A sensation is sensation. Gross or subtle, pleasant or unpleasant, makes no difference. Just observe, just accept the sensation at this moment on this part of the body. Fourth day, you will start observing the whole body from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. Everywhere there is some sensation or the other. You started experiencing that. What you gain by that? When I took my first course, I started asking myself, "What am I am doing? Observing the breath, observing the breath." In my tradition, where was, in which I was born and brought up. We are asked to observe the breath with some verbalization, name of this god or that goddess, or visualization, the shape or the form of this god or that goddess, nothing. What we are doing? What we gain by this? And now sensations, so what? Very soon one starts realizing that we are moving towards the root level of the mind. The breath At the apparent level, one feels it is just a physical function. The lungs are working, that's why I breathe in, I breathe out, true. But not the totality of the truth. The breath is also strongly related to the mind. And very strongly related to the mental impurities. Not to accept because Buddha said so, your teacher says so. You start realizing that. You are observing the breath, observing the breath, suddenly the mind wanders away. Some thought of the future or of the past, and suddenly you react because of those thoughts. You generate some negativity, anger, hatred, and you find the breath is lost, breath is lost its normality. It is no more normal. It is slightly hard, slightly fast. And when that negativity passes away, again the breath has become normal. Oh, so it becomes clear. The breath is connected both with the body and the mind. And we are here to understand the interaction of mind and matter. When you come to these sensations, very soon you start realising the sensations are not merely pertaining to the body. They've got so much to do with the mind. Anything arises in the mind, arises with a sensation on the body. A great discovery of the enlightened one. I call him a super scientist, super scientist of the field of spirituality. (coughs) He realized nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Also oh, when we are observing the body sensations, <coughs> we are observing also the contents of the mind. Soon one starts realizing, whenever I generate any negativity, anger, or hatred, any impurity, there is a sensation on the body which is very unpleasant. And then I start reacting to these sensation, very unpleasant sensation. I generate more negativity. More negativity, more unpleasant sensation, more unpleasant sensation, more negativity. You keep on rolling in this negativity for hours together. And you keep yourself miserable hours together. Who is responsible? One starts realizing, I am responsible. At the apparent level, (coughs) one understands (coughs) the apparent truth. I am miserable, because something undesirable has happened in the life. Somebody has insulted me, that is why I am miserable, and that is why I generate negativity, anger towards this person. True, this is only apparent truth. But when you start exploring the truth within yourself, the interaction of mind and matter, how body keeps on influencing the mind, And how mind keeps on influencing the body, this truth, it becomes clearer and clearer. Your misery inside, the object outside, you feel that because of this unpleasant object, I am reacting with aversion, with hatred, and therefore I am miserable, there's a missing link. That one discovers by this technique. Something undesirable has happened outside and you started reacting with negativity. You don't react with negativity unless you start feeling a sensation on the body. Something has happened outside, undesirable, and when that comes in contact with the sense doors, there's a sensation in the body, very unpleasant, very unpleasant and then you react, react with negativity. Some object outside, you like it very much, and you start generating craving or clinging towards it. At the apparent level, you are reacting to the outside object, which you understand is very pleasant. No, again, a missing link is there. When this object comes in contact with any sense door, relative sense door, There's a sensation on the body, very pleasant sensation, and you react to this pleasant sensation with craving, with clinging. Observing the reality as it is, the law of nature starts opening, starts revealing itself. This is the law of nature. Whenever you generate any impurity in the mind, Even craving, clinging, or aversion, hatred, you find, you have become miserable. Deep inside you have reacted to these sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, with craving or aversion, and you have lost the peace of your mind, you have lost the balance of your mind, you have lost the harmony of your mind, you have become miserable. It becomes clearer and clearer, who is responsible? I am responsible, because of my ignorance I don't know what is happening at the depth of the mind, within the body, what is happening, I do not know. And that is why I always remain at the surface level of the mind, the so-called conscious mind. And there's a big barrier between this conscious mind and the so-called half-conscious or unconscious mind. One does not know what is happening at the deeper level, at the root level. Vipassana breaks this barrier and you start moving towards the depth of the mind, depth of the mind, where you feel sensations everywhere. And the deepest level of the mind is constantly in contact with the body sensations. Constantly in contact. And with this contact, constantly reacting. There are different sensations in the body all the time. Pleasant sensation, unpleasant sensation gross sensation, subtle sensation, different types of sensation. And one keeps on reacting at the depth of the mind, pleasant sensation with craving, clinging, unpleasant sensation, aversion, hatred. One does not know. This behaviour pattern of the mind at the deepest level keeps on becoming stronger, stronger, stronger. This is generating nothing but misery. And one keeps on making this behavior pattern which makes you so miserable and one does not know. One keeps on thinking, I am miserable because of some certain object outside, because of this person. This person has misbehaved, that's why I am miserable. So you use all your efforts, your energy, your power and try to change this person. If this person behaves all right, I will be happy with you don't understand, the real cause of your misery is your blind reaction to the sensation. If you reach that stage, then to come out of misery, you learn not to react, just observe. However unpleasant a sensation may be, observing, observing, you will notice, it is not eternal, it does not stay forever, it has arisen seems to stay for some time, but sooner or later passes away. Arises, stays, passes away, arises, stays, passes away. It has to pass away. And when you come across very subtle sensations, vibrations, vibrations, throughout the physical structure, very subtle vibrations, very pleasant vibrations, here also the characteristic remains the same. Arising, passing, arising, passing, wavelets, wavelets, with great rapidity. But the same characteristic, arising, passing, arising, passing. Oh, pleasant sensation or unpleasant sensation, gross sensation or subtle sensation, all impermanent, ephemeral. Something which is so impermanent doesn't stay. What is the sense in reacting towards it with craving or aversion? And especially when I understand that by reacting with craving or aversion, I make myself miserable. Nobody wants to make oneself miserable. The habit pattern starts changing. The habit pattern of blind reaction changes, changes, changes. That means the mind becomes purer, purer, purer. And when the mind becomes pure, by nature, the pure mind is full of love. Pure love. Love without a trace of passion, without a trace of passion or lust, pure love, compassionate love, generating goodwill for others. You can't generate ill-will for others. Because you know when you generate ill-will for others, you are the first victim. You are the first victim of your generation of, of ill-will any negativity anybody generates in the mind, one becomes the first victim of that, and then only the other person will become a victim of that. You generate anger, and by realizing this truth within the framework of the body again and again and again, it becomes so clear that whenever I generate anger or hatred or ill will, there's a burning sensation in the whole body, which generally you don't don't experience. But now with this technique, you will experience the truth. Burning sensation. Palpitation has increased. Tension has built up. You become so miserable. So miserable. Because you never realize what is happening within yourself. All the time when you generate anger in your mind, the person against whom you are generating anger, this person keeps on rolling your mind. He did so and so. He insulted me. This person insulted me. That is multiplying your anger, you're not coming out of the anger. You are actually generating anger because of these unpleasant sensations. And now you learn how an unpleasant sensation may be. It is not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts, let me see how long it lasts. And you start coming out of this habit pattern. Realities of the life become so clear. This great scientist, super scientist of the spirituality. He discovered certain things which we had not known before him. There was wonderful teaching in our country and also in the world. Don't react to the outside object by craving or by aversion. That was always there. When a shape or form or color or light comes in contact with the eyes, a sound in, comes in contact with the ear, a smell comes in contact with the nose. A taste comes in contact with the tongue. Something tangible comes in contact with the body. A thought or an emotion comes in contact with the mind. Don't react. Don't react with craving or aversion. This teaching was there. People were working on it. Good. Now also people work on it. Good. But this is just purifying the surface level of the mind. Or maybe slightly deeper. You don't go to the depth of the mind. And this super scientist in a scientific way, dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, dissolving the entire physical structure, entire mental structure, reached the stage that the entire physical structure, the mental structure, the combination of the two at the deepest level is nothing but vibration, vibration, sabbo loko pakampito, the entire universe, no solidity, At the apparent level it looks, it is solid, no solidity. The present day scientists about 100 or 150 years ago, they also accepted this fact, there is no solidity in the material world at all, mere wavelets, wavelets, they are not experienced. Here a great scientist without the help of any scientific apparatus or instrument, with his experience going deeper, 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 realized. Vibrations, vibrations, mere vibrations. When one reaches that stage and this practice, number of students on the seventh day or eighth day or ninth day, some on the tenth day, start feeling a free flow of mere vibrations, subtle vibrations throughout the body, throughout the body, it becomes clearer and clearer. When the attention goes to the eyes, vibration, ear, vibration, nose, vibration, tongue, vibration, body vibration, mind vibration, and any outside object comes in contact with this sense door or that sense door is vibration, vibration. And as soon as there is a contact, again another vibration, vibration, like you have struck the gong, it has started vibrating, an object has come in contact, vibration, vibration. This was realized by this enlightened person. Vibration, vibration, and this vibration changes. The moment one part of the mind gives evaluation to the outside object, ah, this is good, ah, this is bad, and you find the vibrations change. When you say it is good, then you feel a free flow of very pleasant, subtle vibration, very bad, and you find a flow of very unpleasant, unpleasant vibrations. And you start reacting, you start reacting with craving, you start reacting with aversion, At the apparent level it looks, I am reacting to the object outside, actually you are reacting to these sensations, unless you reach that stage where you develop the faculty of feeling the sensations, all types of sensations which are there all the time due to this reason or that reason, and you reach the stage where you train your mind not to react, just observe. Observe objectively, no reaction, neither craving nor aversion. Just observe, just observe. You are changing the habit pattern, the habit pattern which was making you all the time miserable, all the time miserable. This enlightened person found out the teaching was always there, don't perform any unwholesome action, vocal or physical, which will hurt others, which will harm others, which will disturb the peace and harmony of others. This teaching was always there. What was new contributed by Buddha. He found out you can't harm anybody by physical action or vocal action. You can't harm anybody unless you have first harmed yourself. Pubbe hanati attanan hanati isopare. First you harm yourself and then you harm others. There to be meditator starts realizing you kill somebody. You can't kill anybody without generating tremendous amount of anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. You steal something, you can't steal unless you generate tremendous amount of greed. You perform sexual misconduct, adultery, you can't unless you generate tremendous amount of lust or passion. You speak lies, speak harsh words, some impurity or the other you have to generate. And then only an unwholesome vocal action, unwholesome physical action. And you will notice... Whenever I have generated an unwholesome, unwholesome impurity in my mind, there is an unpleasant sensation and I start suffering. I lose the balance of my mind. I lose the peace of my mind. Oh, so I started harming myself. Before I harm others, I first harm myself. This reality is not to be accepted because Buddha said so or because the scripture says so your realisation will start saying so. Look, I have started harming myself. I started harming, and nobody wants to harm oneself. It is all because of the ignorance. One does not know what is happening at the depth of the mind. One does not know the interaction of mind and matter. One does not know by generating a negativity, you generate unpleasant sensations and you become miserable. All that, this technique makes you to realise, to realise, to realise. And once you realize that you are harming yourself, nobody will like to harm oneself. The habit pattern starts changing, changing, changing. A way of life, a good way of life, a healthy, harmonious way of life, wholesome way of life, good for everybody. This is all universal law of nature. One is not getting converted from one organized religion to another organized religion. One is getting converted from misery to happiness from cruelty to compassion, from ignorance to enlightenment, which is for everybody. And that is why people from every religion, every tradition are joining and they get the same result, same result. Those of you who have come today, just to understand the truth of Vipassana, at least at the intellectual level, this is to give inspiration, to give guidance. But actual benefit will be when you will realize this at the experiential level, spare ten days of your life and experience the truth and start working with this truth and you will find you are changing the mad habit pattern of yours. Out of ignorance you had been harming yourself, now you started coming out of this habit of harming yourself and harming others so that you can live a peaceful life, happy life, harmonious life, good for you, and good for others. May all of you enjoy the best benefits of this scientific technique. May all of you be happy, be peaceful, be liberated, be liberated from misery. I am already happy. Why do I need to practice (laughs) vipassana To become happier. (laughs) Don't you want to become happier? To become happier. And moreover, what you call happiness now, not eternal, who knows when it will pass away. And when it passes away, You are so very much depressed and distressed. So even such situation comes, you are always equanimous. For that purpose, see that you get happiness, always happiness in every situation. Is it possible for a politician to practice vipassana? Yes, possible for everybody. Human being is a human being. And it is very essential for the politicians because they lead the country. Good or bad, always percolates from the top. If the politicians of the country, every country, every politician works with Vipashana, the mind becomes purer with love, compassion and all their actions will be good, good for themselves and good for others. How can we have, how can we live with spouse, partner who is miserable? and keep with our own peace and happiness. Have compassion for the spouse who is miserable. First you practice this technique and come out of your misery. If your spouse is miserable and you react also generating misery for yourself, then both are miserable. By this technique you will come out of your misery and then when your spouse finds there is something good in this person, what he has done, or what she has done, oh, practice vipassana, Then one will get encouraged to come to ten-day course, and you will see the life becomes happier and happier. I have seen cases, number of cases, where husband and wife are quarrelling, going to the court for divorce. One case I found for ten years they were quarrelling, going to court to, to get separated and fortunately, they came separately in different courses, and after taking a few courses, the bitterness went away. They started generating pure love with each other, and they started living a very happy life, an ideal householder's life. Now I know one couple, such couple, who is teacher of Vipassana. Have you thought that Vipassana becomes a religion someday? Whenever it becomes religion, religion as it is understood, religion with spirituality as the base, nothing wrong. If you miss spirituality, and the religion is only for rites, for rituals, for ceremonies, for, for uh, beliefs, this dogma, that dogma, this philosophical belief, that, then yes, then Vipassana is lost. That is why we say maintain the purity of the technique. Don't mix anything with it and it can't harm, harm you or harm anybody. It will remain pure for generations. When caring for someone who is sick, dying, how can one keep the being overwhelmed by their suffering? If you get overwhelmed and become miserable, seeing somebody in misery, then you are not learned Vipassana. Somebody is in misery. Definitely compassion will arise. Compassion will arise and then you will learn a technique on the last day of Vipassana, how to generate love, compassion for this person. So the vibrations that you generate will be helpful to this person who is miserable and it will be helpful to you also. The technique is not to become miserable, seeing others You don't become miserable, you generate compassion, love for this person. How does one offer Vipassana, who has lost everything, to terrorism? Yes, terrorism is so very much against, against humanity. you have to face that, if there is terrorism, you don't just accept let anybody create harm me and harm my people, you have to stop this person. You explain with very soft language, you are harming yourself, when you generate terror, you are generating impurity in your mind and see how miserable you have become, he doesn't understand, then take hard action, nothing wrong. Hard physical action, hard vocal action, but having compassion for this person. If you are having aversion towards this person, anger towards this person, then you become miserable. How can you help anybody? A lame person cannot help another lame person. A blind person cannot help another blind person. Keep yourself healthy and you will find there is a way to come out of it. Is prayer a part of a What you call prayer becomes a feeling of love and compassion. When you say you pray for somebody, let this person be happy, or you pray for yourself, let myself be happy. Now you are working for that. By this technique, you try to keep yourself happy, removing all the impurities of the mind, and you're helping others to come out of their misery so that they come out of their own impurities. So this volition of helping others by first helping oneself is as good as a prayer. I can't say that uh, a prayer works or does not work. With a very defiled mind you pray. I don't know what you will get. The reality is God helps those who help themselves. First you have to help yourself and then you find that God has started helping you. All the invisible powers, the vibrations, good vibrations, you come in contact with that and you become stronger and stronger, purer and purer. You carried out and spread the legacy of your teacher. Who will take after you? Dhamma will take after me. After those people who are learning and getting established in this will certainly maintain it. And like this from generation to generation. So long as the purity of the technique is maintained, nothing added to it, nothing taken out of it. As Buddha said, it is complete. Keval Paripunnang. Pure, ultra-pure, keval parishuddha. It is so complete that nothing should be added. It is so pure that nothing should be taken out of it. If this is maintained in its purity, in its completeness, you have nothing to worry. It will carry on. Is this experience guaranteed in ten days? Don't expect in ten days you will become a Buddha, an enlightened person, fully liberated, oh no. If you become very good, I'll congratulate you. But a beginning is made. However path, however long a path may be, it starts with the first step. You have taken the first step in the right direction on the right path, and step by step you are moving towards the final goal. That you will experience. Every step that you take on the path, you get good result. No effort made on this part goes waste. Nothing goes waste. So after ten days you will find that some change is coming in me. Something good is happening within me and I am getting benefit of this technique. Where is God? Truth is God. Love is God. Compassion is God. You experience that and it is with you. You generate and be with truth, be with love, be with compassion, be with purity and you are, you, you are with the God. Why do you keep men and women separate at your centres? You are making a very deep operation of your mind and deep-rooted complexes start coming on the surface. And passion and lust is a very deep-rooted complex. When it starts coming, we have to be careful that males and females are kept separate. This is at the time when this operation is going on. After ten days, you live together, nothing wrong. Otherwise, while the operation is going on, one has to remain separately. It is for the good, for the benefit, for the safety, for the security of the student. What is the role of celibacy? for bachelors and married people. Celibacy is always good. To reach the final stage, a time has to come when you become celibate. Celibacy, not by suppressing the passion. By this technique you observe passion as a reason, lust as a reason. And you know nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. So when the lust as a reason, passion as a reason, there must be sensation in the body. Just accept the fact there is passion. Passion related to this person or that person, nothing doing. Passion as passion, lust as lust. And this sensation. And a good personal meditator understands whatever sensation is, it is not per- permanent, it arises, passes away, ephemeral, ephemeral. This passion is also related to sensation. This is also not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts it becomes weaker, weaker, and passes away. A very scientific way to come out of the madness due to lust and passion. number of people who have left the householder's life and want to live in celibacy, many religious leaders, and even individuals who have not become monks or nuns or or priests, they also want to live in celibacy. Not easy number of people keep coming to the courses, large number of these people who left the householder's life. There are many difficulties, but this is one difficulty that they face. Passion arises, they keep on suppressing, passion arises, they keep on suppressing. One becomes a psychic case, runs to the psychiatrist, so many problems arise. Or out of madness, one has not suppressed passion, but taken a wrong action, physical action. Sometimes very heinous action, like abusing the children and all, and then one feels so bad, so bad, a guilt complex again, miserable, miserable. When one comes and learns vipassana, a wonderful solution is there. Passion arises, observe it. Passion arises, observe it with sensation, and you are coming out of easily. I have seen people who have started working in this technique and want to become celibate. Quite a few of them, within four or five years, they live a celibate life, both husband and wife. Or if they are single, single, live a celibate life, easily, without any separation, and that is the proper way of celibacy. India has so many saints, preachers, why is there so much poverty and misery? Yes, preachers are there. Good preaching is there, live a moral life, have a disciplined mind, have a pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. All good religious teachers will teach this. But how to? How to have a moral life? How to have a controlled mind? How to have a pure mind? The technique is lost. And because there is no technique, there is no exercise, there is no way no process to go to the depth of the mind where the impurity arises and where you live, start living an immoral life, where you start you are defiling your mind, where you become miserable and make others miserable, then all these preachings does not help. They may help for some time, for a few minutes, you feel, yes, yes, good, this teaching is very good. Then because the habit pattern at the depth, at the root level remains the same, you have not come out of it. That is why Buddha found it out, and he said, say there is a big poisonous tree, very harmful, cut it off, you cut it off, but still roots are there. When the roots are there, new will, will sprout, more and more will sprout. You are not coming out of it, dig the roots out, and you are free from it, you are liberated from it. And the whole technique is to go to the depth of the mind, at the root level, all the poison at the root level, goes away and you live a real happy life, real spiritual life. Does fasting make the mind pure? Fasting, fasting for a long time, I have seen many a times it generates ego. Look, I have fasted for ten days continuously, twenty days, thirty days, two months. If you are not working with the mind, you are fasting and there is hunger for the food and there is a sensation and you are observing sensation, then yes, you are working at the root level. Otherwise, forcefully, you just have this fast or that fast, fast of this period or that period, you don't go to the depth of the mind. You may have some purity at the surface of the mind, but at the depth, the same behavior period pattern prevails. If something makes me happy, why observe it instead of just enjoy it? (laughs) Enjoy it, but understanding this is not permanent, this is going to pass away sooner or later. Don't develop attachment with your joy. If attachment is there and when you miss it, you feel so very much distressed and depressed so you are inviting misery for yourself by enjoying in an attached way. So learn this technique, enjoy, but in a detached way. Why is Vipassana course the same for for prisoners and business people? Because both are human beings human being is a human being, one may be a rich businessman or a very miserable prisoner, makes no difference. A human being has got human mind and the same habit pattern, generating impurity, generating impurity, becoming more and more miserable. I have passed through the business life, so I know how much misery is there in the business life. Ups and downs bound to come in the life, vicissitudes bound to come in the life. And one becomes so miserable, lot of money is there, bank balance is quite all right but yet something has happened in the life which one does not like. There may be some trouble with the, with the spouse, some trouble with the partners, some trouble with the customers, some trouble with the government, something happens and one becomes very much depressed. A number of very rich people come to the courses, CEOs come to the courses and some of them deeply depressed. When they learn Vipassana, they observe the sensation, they accept the fact, my mind is in depression now. There is depression in my mind. Depression due to this or due to that, nothing doing. Don't start playing that game. Depression as depression. And when there is anything in the mind, there is sensation in the body. There is depression, so there is sensation in the body. Just start observing. This sensation related to depression is not permanent, arising, passing, arising, passing. Depression is not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Many cases, just within one 10-day course, totally out of depression. Some may take two courses, but they are totally out of it. So whether a businessman or a hard criminal, hard criminal does not know that one is harming oneself. One does not know that. By this technique, it becomes so clear. Even in the prison, after taking vipassana, I've asked some of them, what sort of thoughts are there in your mind? And he says, all the time I am thinking to take revenge. When I go out, I will kill this fellow who gave witness against me. I will kill, kill this judge who gave this judgment. All the time I've got a feeling for revenge. Now you are practicing vipassana. Whenever such thought comes, just observe what is happening inside. And when they start observing, Burning sensation, very lot of palpitation, tension, oh, misery, misery, Then they realize, and I tell them, you want to kill that judge, you will kill only after 10 years or 20 years when you are out of the prison, you are killing yourself now, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they start realizing, nobody wants to make oneself miserable, One is making miserable because one is ignorant. One does not know what is happening deep inside when they start realizing they start coming out of it. Similarly, very, very big business people, industrialists, they earn money, nothing wrong, but they keep on generating ego, ego. And their behavior with the people, their own staff, behavior with the customers, sometimes is so full of negative, all the time shouting, You become miserable, you make others miserable. What are you doing? What is the use of all this money? When you don't experience real peace, real harmony? I know my case. Every second or third day I have to take a sleeping pill. Some tranquilizer. Can't get sleep. If I lose something in business, I can't sleep. Even if I am successful in business, I can't sleep. Because then I keep on planning. Oh, so much benefit in this transaction. Next transaction, I'll make more. Next transaction, I'll make more. Whole night you keep on planning, you can't sleep. So what's the use of all this money when you don't have good sleep, you don't have peace, you don't have harmony? With this you get all this and still you continue your business, you be successful. And another big thing that will come, the money that comes, comes from the society, from my customers, they are my partners. The money is only, not just to inflate my ego, not just to see that I am one inch taller than everybody else. The money is of course for my livelihood, for my maintenance, maintenance of all those who depend on me, but also for the society, what I am doing for the society, how I am helping society. So you start helping society by giving donations. Without Vipashna you give donation, again ego. You build a hospital and name it Goinka Hospital. A school, Goenka school, a Goenka college, madness, what you gain by that? There must be compassion, love. Look, so many people are helped. So many people are helped because they had share in my profit. The profit comes from them. They are shareholders. They must get benefit of it. The whole life pattern changes. When the ego gets dissolved. automatically love and compassion arises. No misery, no misery. What is the cost of ten days course, can you give the cost, nobody can give the cost, it is so invaluable, such a spiritual path which will take you out of all your misery, what price label can be tagged on it, it is invaluable and yet you have to pay the value, what value You have to give ten valuable days of your invaluable life to get this technique, that you have to give. Otherwise there is no price for it, no money, no money for the teaching, no money for the boarding and lodging. It's a residential course, you have to stay there. But this price you have to give ten days of your life. Will Vipassana make us inactive as we are equanimous? Oh no, 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 this is a very wrong understanding about Vipassana, about equanimity. It will not make you inactive. It will take away the blind reaction from your life. You will become very active. Before you take any action, just a few seconds with open eyes, you feel sensations you find your mind is equanimous, balanced, then take any action, it will be positive. But if the mind is not equanimous, there's impurity in the mind, then there's a blind reaction. And you started harming yourself, you started harming others. So it won't make you inactive, it will make you active with all the positivity involved. Tell us about how Vipassana helped you in your business. The capacity to work increases when the mind is calm, tranquil, not agitated. Then you can make right decisions, quick decisions. Every responsible person, whether one is a business executive or a government executive, has to make decisions. And if the mind is always wavering, you don't know this decision or that decision, most of the time you make wrong decisions. If the mind is calm, quiet, pure, then you go to the depth of the problem, you get the answer for that, and your decision is always good. Capacity to work increases. I know before taking vipassana, I used to work say about eight hours in a day, and I feel so exhausted, so exhausted. After vipassana, ten hours, twelve hours, if need be more than that, and still one feels so fresh. The capacity to work increases, the business increases, my business increased, my industries increased, my turnovers increased, but not with ego. The ego went on dissolving, dissolving. That was a very big benefit, more than the benefit of the money. Is it selfish to seek enlightenment only for oneself? Certainly, this is one yardstick by which a Vipassana meditator is judged whether one is really progressing on the path of Vipassana, path of Dhamma, or not. If you are working only for yourself, and you've got no sympathy for others, you've no compassion for others, then again this I, I, I want to get liberated. That's why I'm, I'm working with Vipassana. No. If your mind is really becoming purer and purer, the selfishness gets dissolved, ego gets dissolved, then you start thinking of others. Oh, there is misery all around. Everywhere there is misery. Those who are have-nots, obviously they are miserable because they are have-nots. Even those who are have with so much of comforts in the life, so much money, so much facilities, and yet they are so miserable. They keep on generating one negativity or the other and become miserable. These miserable people of the world, if they get this wonderful technique, they will come out of their misery. So, this volition of helping people to come nearer and nearer to this technique starts arising. What can I do? How can I help people to come in contact? Large number of people even do not know that there is a technique existing like that, which which will help you to come out of all the miseries at the deepest level of the mind. They don't know, what can I do? How can I help? These feelings are bound to come and when such feelings are coming, you are certainly progressing on the path. If you are only working for your own liberation, there is something wrong, you are not properly working. I am addicted to alcohol, what should I do? number of alcoholics keep coming to the courses because they know there is a technique which will help us. People want to come out of alcohol, but they can't. When they come to me, I tell them, you are not addicted to alcohol. This is just the apparent truth. It appears to be so that you are addicted to alcohol. You are actually addicted to the body sensation. When you take alcohol, you feel a particular type of very pleasant sensation in the body. At the depth of the mind, you start liking it, you start craving for it, and when you crave for it, you take more alcohol to get the sensation. You take more alcohol. So, at the apparent level, one feels that I am addicted to alcohol. Actually, you are addicted to the sensation on the body, and by this technique, observing sensation, remaining equanimous, observing sensation, remaining equanimous, this attachment goes away, this addiction goes away. People come out of alcohol in one 10 day course or two day course. Even those who are addicted to drugs, they come out of it, they take a little longer but they come out of it because the addiction is really for the sensation and you are, you are learning how to observe the sensation, understand it's impermanent nature, remain equanimous, you totally, your addiction goes away totally. Go Good, uh, we have many questions,
0: unfortunately uh, we only have time for
1: one more. <laughs> Good. After this I am liberated. <laughs> <laughs> Can one start Vipassana without the help of a teacher? Vipassana teaches you to be self-dependent. Buddha said, Attahi attanovonatu, you are your own master. Attahi attanogati. You make your future, nobody else. But to learn the technique initially. You have to go to a place where there is a very congenial atmosphere, where without disturbance you can practice it, and there is a guide, who is an experienced guide, who can can guide you how to make deep operation of the mind. If there is no guide and you start working by listening to these discourses or reading books, something deep, some deep complex might come on the surface and you don't know what to do, it may harm you. So first ten days, be with the teacher, but never allow yourself to be always under the clutches of the teacher. No gurudom in this technique. You are your own master. But to become own master, you have to learn the technique from a person who is experienced in the line. May all of you find opportunity to experience taking ten days of your life, joining a course in a proper place, with a proper guide, and all of you enjoy real peace real happiness, real peace, real happiness.